You're listening. I just, I just don't care. No one is ever kidding Michael Cole. Of course he can roll a grudge forever. This is wrestling. Hello, wrestling fans. Welcome to This Is A Work, coming to you from Kayfabe Outpost 1 in South Carolina. I am Redbeard Robert Brafford, and with me as always is my tag team partner, Chris, still the fashion plate, now and forever, Barnes. I've never agreed to this, and I want to renegotiate. It just gets longer every time you disagree. Mm. All right, so we are here to talk about SummerSlam, WWE's uh, Big Four pay-per-view which uh, we're recording a little bit late. Just last week's been crazy on scheduling, and I think both of us have also been run pretty ragged this week. So it's a good thing this is a nice, relaxing card. Not going to bring up any strong feelings. You know, we just have a have a chill, cool time to talk about wrestling. Before uh, we get going on this, I'm just going to mention that the beverage, as always, I choose a, uh, a liquor to go with the pay-per-view we're talking about. Uh, this time around, it is Añejo Teramana Tequila. So it's a tequila that's aged in uh, whiskey barrels. Uh, the reason I selected this one is that this is the brand uh, that is, uh, I don't know what the term is, brewed, marketed, whatever, has the name of Dwayne Johnson on the back of it. Endorsed. Exactly. There we go. Uh, his, his big smile and, you know, amiably arched eyebrows stand behind every bottle of this stuff. And I he just stood figured, next to it as they gave him a big bag of money. Oh, yeah. That's the best way to run a business. So, yeah, I just wanted to put something together with all of the uh, Samoan bloodline happenings on this card. And I figured, hey, there's a decent chance that if I put a picture of myself on Twitter and he, you know, actually did appear, I don't know, maybe I'd get a free bottle or something. <laughs> a lot of things I expected didn't turn out to happen. But, yeah, uh, just uh, usually I'll drink neat, but I don't do that with tequila very much. So this is mixed with ginger beer and a dash of aromatic bitters. So if you hear ice cubes clinking somewhere near my microphone... Uh, it's not because I need alcohol to get through this episode. It's just that it helps. Careful. That might loosen your tongue too much by the time we get to the end. <laughs> oh, I have some bullet points in extra bold font. All right. So, yeah. Uh, SummerSlam. So, I'm just going to say, when I was kind of looking over this, I thought, like, the Wikipedia article wasn't all the way through because there were only eight matches. And that's not tiny, but I guess I'm just so used to WrestleMania being this huge extravaganza that eight listed matches felt a little slim then as i'm looking at it i'm like wait a minute there's no uh there's not a single tag team match on this card uh men's tag titles women's tag titles not being defended um rhea ripley wasn't wrestling which is kind of weird given how red hot she's been for the last couple of months don't want to tie up the whole thing with the pay-per-view that we didn't watch but that just struck me as a little bit weird but rob how can you be so skeptical of a of a show that gave you four main events. Four main events. Okay, all right. Um, I was going to try to hold on to this, but that just all the way through the show. Um, <laughs> I did. The only thing that was more annoying than every every play of uh, Born to Be Wild, the, the, every time oh, they kept God, dropping that. They were that. so happy they got oh that my song. Gosh. It's like they got a, a. It's like there was nothing more recent from Detroit they could have played. They bought the rights in bulk, so they got a. You know, they had to use all of them. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, so th this was this was a card with eight announced matches. Four of them were main events. Mm -hmm. that, that doesn't work. That, no, that's how wrestling works. <sighs> I thought when they did, like, the co-main event thing at uh, Backlash, that they were, I was like, okay, that's, that's stretching it, but all right. In the 
three months since then, we're, we're seeing exponential increases of numbers of main event cards. By the time we get to Survivor Series, it will literally be an entire card of main events. Well, there's going to have to be two nights for every show, because one night will be the first, the undercard, and the next night will be all the main events. I heard there was like a joke among like uh, wrestlers that like uh, there's, there's a term, and I forget what it is, but it's when you put a title on somebody instead of giving them a raise. I feel like that's that's a variant of what they're doing here. It's like, we're not going to give you a raise, but how would you like to be in a main event at SummerSlam? Like, during, not to jump ahead, but during the Cody Rhodes-Brock match, they mentioned Brock Lesnar has main evented more SummerSlams than anybody else in WWE. And I was like, oh, that's kind of impressive. On purpose? Uh, I'm not sure he remembers all of them, but then they mentioned that I, this one counted towards that total, and I was just like, oh, screw you, Michael Cole, for the first of many times. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's like getting a getting a promotion and title only. Yeah. Almost literally, actually. Now that I think about it. <laughs> but yeah, so no, the, the, they got paid in exposure. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Uh, we'll give you uh, free copies of your own of your own action figures or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things is where <laughs> Dean Ambrose, uh, then John Moxley, but in his book, he talks about when he was taking off of the Shield, they like gave him, put him in a room full of merch, and was like, you can take whatever you want. And he was just like. What, what would I what would I do with any of this? He's like, I took some of like a, a replica belt that seemed cool, but I think I lost it when I was moving. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so apparently the the reporting is that the short card is that WWE in general is trying to make their uh, I will use this phrase for the only time tonight, their premium live events overall shorter. Uh, and that's why you kind of had fewer matches. Not all the titles were defended. Uh, one well, casualty. How did that go? This this event was four hours and 25 minutes, all said. Well, I know. It's kind of crazy. It's like you had uh, almost all the matches down and the show had only been going for three hours. What? It's not like they could have an entire last hour of the show taken up by like one match and the entrances and the promo packet. That'd be ridiculous. Anyway, so, yeah, one of the apparent casualties on that was uh, Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus had been, uh, oh, they'd yeah. been building that for months. I, and then, I did hear about that, yeah. Yeah, apparently the, neither woman was very happy when they uh, got the decision on fairly short notice that it wasn't going to be uh, on their card. Um, having seen some clips of the match itself, I hate to say that I kind of get it, but it, it is still weird that, like, yeah, some really big names in WWE in an event like SummerSlam just either had like brief appearances or didn't show up at all. Like no Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens and like given that those guys like how over they were at night one of WrestleMania, it's kind of an ominous sign for the what like the good that the bloodline is supposed to be doing for the rest of the card that they've immediately just kind of been back to, oh yeah, those belts that occasionally we remember they exist. This is why Roman needed to keep the title, Rob. <laughs> Oh, man, I keep trying to jump ahead to that. <laughs> All <laughs> right, because, so. That's because the most of the show is more or less fine. If yeah. Not, if not outright good, and then and then you get to the end. I actually saw there was an interesting comment from uh, Brian Alvarez yeah. on, uh, I think it was uh, Wrestling Observer or um, Radio or whatever, but he was talking about how during the, uh, the Monday Night Wars, what you had with WCW was one of the most incredible rosters ever assembled and like the mid-card mm -hmm. matches were like the best you would see in oh, american that's, television that's almost a universal truth the main events awful right the main events were always hogan or yeah. uh flair or like you'd have like the same guys over and over again mm -hmm. and so people would leave wcw pay-per-views which had been mostly fantastic matches with this really sour taste in their mouths mm -hmm. 
while WWF didn't really have that strong of a bench, but their main event guys, you know, you had Mankind, you had Undertaker, you had The Rock, you had Austin, you had... And if you go back just like a, just even like a couple of years further, it was like it was HBK and Bret Hart and, you know, those guys propping up, you know, a lot of mid stuff sometimes. Yeah, it's something they tell you in like a music class that I remember from elementary school is that people only remember the first and the last note that they hear, so... Mm-hmm. If you get those right, you're most of the way to, to giving them a good concert. And that's... It's, it's like, because your brain just automatically wants to to fine-tune it on its own. It's like how if you have the first and last letter of a word correct, and the rest is jumbled up, your brain will fix it, and yeah. you'll read the correct word. Yeah. And honestly, this one did get off to a good start. There, there was a pre-show, but no matches on it. And the show proper kicks off with uh, Ricochet versus Logan Paul. Logan, the begrudgingly respected Paul. Yeah, eh, the respect. I, you know what? The respect for me is off. It just I don't I mean, like because there's now now he's now he's just any other scumbag wrestler who can wrestle good, but I don't like. Yeah, well, they keep talking about like how his ambition was to go viral. He's gonna go viral. It's like viral moments don't happen if you keep talking about how they're gonna happen. No, they they happen when you wander around in a in a forbidden forest in Japan. That's notable. Notable for infamous things. Yeah, but honestly, I'm I'm happy to see Ricochet back on a, in like a singles mm-hmm. match on a pay per view. Um, I was looking over it. Um, he showed up at an NXT uh, Worlds Collide back in September of last year. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, his last singles match uh, was at WrestleMania Backlash back in 2021. It's more than two years since this guy's had a singles match on a pay per view. He's been in oh, a bunch man. of like battle royals yeah. and uh, ladder matches, but so. And, you know, going all the way back to Lucha Underground, I, I love that guy. He's just such an insane athlete. He's, uh, you watch footage of him in his 20s, and he is just like, you know, a man who got dirty photos of gravity, so it lets him do whatever he wants, you know. And <laughs> even now, like, he's, he, th- we're seeing him now, and he's slowed down. But it's kind of like Rey Mysterio, where it's just like, oh, this guy's slower than he was 30 years ago, which is only, you know, 20% faster than every other human right, being he's right. in the ring with. But yeah, no, it was a it was a fun match. I mean, it's like he's really only slower compared to himself. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, I I enjoyed this. It was a good warm up. A lot of like yeah, spots sure. to kind of work the crowd. Um, not really a lot of story to it, apart from just they had like their big uh, mid air splash moment at Royal mm-hmm. Rumble, and then um, Ricochet almost died when uh, they did that Spanish fly spot at uh, Money in the Bank. <laughs> um. Mm. Did you hear Logan Paul throughout his idea to have him and Dominic team? I did. I did. Which, which... I thought was funny because it's like really that only benefits Logan Paul because because like Dominic yeah. right now, there's a difference between what Logan Paul is and what Dominic is. Dominic is a heat magnet. Yeah. In the best way. They love to hate him. Exactly, and, and they they get it. It's like yeah. it, it, it's the perfect pro wrestling synergy where it's like, I'm gonna say something terrible and and. And the crowd's like, oh, I That's bet you what we are. Came for. It's like, yeah, I bet you are. Say it. And, he's, and he says it. And they're like, boo. <laughs> it's the perfect interactive play type of uh, pro wrestling. Logan Paul is just a bad person. And yeah. people are booing him like at Money in the Bank. And you cheering suck. And you cheering when suck. he gets hurt <laughs> because they don't like him. Talented right. as he is, he's a scumbag. Yeah. So... People show up because they want to boo Dominic Mysterio. They hate that they have to cheer Logan in a way, Ball. Yeah, in a way, they would. They would. Th- this team. The only thing this team would serve to do is essentially reputation launder uh, Logan Paul. Because then 
you can he can pretend that the boos are because I'm a bad guy being bad and not because I'm a terrible person with no introspection. Yeah, it's it's very much an attempt. If you're self-aware of being bad, then nobody can really criticize you for and it. And then you don't have to actually improve yourself in any way. Yeah. Well, again, solid match. A lot of high-flying, yeah. a lot of jumping. Um, I'm trying not to just go through and be like, oh, there was a cool spot where they did this and a cool spot where they did that. There I was... Think, I mean, I think that's fine because that's what wrestling is. <laughs> there was a buckshot lariat from the inside of the ring to uh, hitting Ricochet on the floor outside that was yeah, pretty yeah. awesome. Um, apparently one thing that was really cool, uh, at one point Ricochet does a swinging hurricane neck breaker off the top rope on Paul, mm -hmm. which was a tribute to, uh, Shane Helms who produced the match. Oh, nice. So apparently, um, people tagged him on social media and they were like, so you and Ricochet, uh, you and Ricochet going to have a match anytime soon? And he was like, my skeleton would come He's like, out yeah, of my body, I'm guys. pretty sure his answer was like, I'd die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh but, man. And then, then Logan Paul stole that kid's drink and poured it on Ricochet. Yeah, uh, was uh, his uh, I think his his um, eight dollar bottle of Prime. Yeah, there it is. Oh, Prime, Prime got a good uh, got its money's worth that night. Um, apparently, the reason they had this match up first was that uh, Logan Paul's brother Jake was doing a boxing match in Dallas, mm -hmm. and so Paul literally got out of the arena after this match, got on a plane, flew to Dallas, and you can see him on TV at Jake Paul's boxing match still in his ring gear. Oh, I don't care. He <laughs> he looked really gassed, I'm going to say, by the end of this. I don't know if he's just used to working with guys like definitely Roman, and Seth can keep a good pace, but he also can give oh, you rest Oh, that spots. would be great. I would love for him to overvalue himself and get in the <laughs> ring with, with more people who can run circles around him yeah. and watch him die. Just like, he, I'm sorry, oh, could, could you not do this for, for 15 minutes straight? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, 18 minutes overall uh, ends with uh, Logan Paul pinning Ricochet after uh, he stumbles to the outside and a security man comes towards him. Only it's not a security man. It is, as commentary helpfully identifies, one of Logan Paul's goons <gasps> who slips him brass knuckles. He turns as the referee and Ricochet are both walking towards him. And the re referee has to kind of awkwardly whip his head away so he yeah. doesn't see Paul clock Ricochet yeah. with the brass knuckles. I don't, I don't know who was out of position, but uh, is someone was. So he was like, "Yeah, I, I, something's my contact just slipped. <laughs> uh, my contact. Oh heavens, my contacts. I can't see a thing without my contacts." Yeah, but then yeah. So um, I kind of expected after the brass knuckles there'd be like some big elaborate finisher, but nope. He just spins him one, two, three. And uh, they have a, a nice, on replay, you see Samantha Irvin, who is Ricochet's uh, fiance, um, giving him quite an impressive stink eye, but still announcing him as the winner because, <laughs> you know, God bless her. She's a professional. Yeah. Um, so, the winner yeah. of this match, this bitch. <laughs> it was a little weird because when, uh, when Paul's guy snuck in, I, I was like, is Samantha going to come up and like, give him a low blow from behind or something but no she's she should just grab her mic and go he's giving him brass yeah, knuckles just announce it <laughs> be like that would be great <laughs> the the match will now restart yo he's got brass knuckles he's got <laughs> look i can see him right there don't don't touch roll him over show <laughs> that'd be ingenious for god's sake paul what are you looking at it's 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 like it the ring announcer is the equivalent of the watcher in the marvel universe it's like <laughs> I'm sworn not to interfere, except for now. You, <laughs> you are fucking up. Uh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I gave, I gave that match a uh, three and a quarter. Good, good opener. Okay. Pop the crowd. Um, not really much of a story there, but 
I don't, I don't, I don't know if you ever want to really want to go too deep in stories for Logan Paul anyway, because yeah. he's not full timing it. So yeah, it's really just he wants to work with this guy or that guy. He just wants just to show up and have do. cool matches every so often. Yeah. And I think who was it? I think it was Bischoff who said like, "Ah, Paul, he's better than like eighty percent of the of the guys on the card." And I'm like, "Yeah, because he gets to rehab like a UFC fighter." Yeah. Also, yeah, and that's just part of it. It's like, look, when he's in the ring for fifteen minutes every like four months, sure, he's good. Yeah. That's. I'm not saying that's easy, but like compare that to somebody like Chad Gable or, you know, just or even just like some random guy on NXT who's like, "Yeah, I'm doing this," you know. TV one night a week, house shows, yeah, traveling. He's, exactly. He's just making house shows and appearances and he's, you know. Not getting a private jet booked or the luxury hotel hotels. suites. Yeah, living, he's living in hotels like 70% of the time. Yeah. I just feel like, again, I get that celebrities and wrestling is nothing new, but I got to feel like that's pretty demoralizing to the people who have just been like working their butts off for four or five years and then it's just like hey logan paul second singles match hey why don't you take on roman reigns it's one of those times where i would personally be like you're not one of the boys yeah <laughs> you're you have he's like you're not paying dues spurn him like you're talented you're I, like there's no there's no there's no shorting you on talent but yeah. it's like you're not putting in the road work like everyone else is yeah all right, so uh, next matchup, we have Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar for the uh, the rubber match out of their three-match series. Um, after uh, Cody beat Brock at Backlash, uh, Brock defeated Cody at Night of Champions. This is the one that finally settles it. Um, and, folks, Cody Rhodes literally beat the pants off of Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Wasn't going to save that one to the end, just had to get there, that right out there now, but... Yeah, no, I... <laughs> Don't worry. There's nothing to go searching for on the internet. <laughs> I actually really like this match. Um, it's it's still weird no, to me it's... that... Yeah, I've... I've... There's no, no, there's nothing to hate about this match. It was an... It... It's some, it, now, it fell into the trap of telling the same story that WWE likes to tell via matches. Yeah. Uh, as they do later in the night. Um, yeah. Where it's like, it. I mean, it's very heavily babyface in peril. It is. It, the thing is, this is the kind of thing that Cody is very good at doing, and he loves yes. doing, and I'll never quite understand why it didn't work in AEW, except that he was so identified with management that it was never, That's you could never yet. see him as the underdog, no matter who he was against or how bad a beating he was taking. Oh, yeah, but I mean, the the, the classic storytelling of Babyface in Peril is heightened by the fact that both Brock and Cody are excellent in their roles. Yeah, and also Cody's mom was uh, ringside. So oh, yeah. Brock was, like, literally beating her son from one side of the ring to the mm -hmm. other in front of her. Um, I, and, I and you notice Brock talked during the match, and it was still engaging. Yeah, well, it's nice because he didn't stop wrestling to do it. He hit yeah. Cody hard enough to keep him down and then just told him, stay down. Yeah. And when that didn't work, he told Cole, tell him to stay down. <laughs> And, uh, let's, yeah, actually, uh, Brock's dialogue, save yourself, save yourself. This is only going to get worse. Tell him and then stay down. Yeah. And it's like, all right, yeah, that, that works. And it's a nice way to pass the time because Indeed. in kind of a fun thing, Brock is not just going to do an F5 and pin him. He wants to, uh, beat Cody by count out. Like he actually wants to beat him so badly. He can't even get back right. into the ring. Right. And I was like, you know what? He's That's... made his own personal last man standing match. Yeah. That he's decided this is the way that you're going to lose. Mm -hmm. And so he probably gives up, you know, moments of offense to just let Cody it, lie outside. Yeah, and it makes sense. Cause if you, cause if you can't, 
It's like you can't go, well, he gave it a great shot if he, get, you know, if he gets beaten so hard he can't respond to a 10 count. Yeah, and because his, his victory at Night of Champions was Cody passing out during a submission, which let mm -hmm. Cody say, like, well, you didn't really beat me. So, yeah, I think he was well, going for something all right more. Then. <laughs> you want me to really beat you? Okay. Um. <laughs> you got to choose your words carefully. You don't know what he's going to take to heart. <laughs> What's funny is they keep mentioning in the build-up to this, Brock Lesnar has never explained why he attacked Cody Rhodes after WrestleMania. And he never will. Yeah, it's like, Brock Lesnar, usually such a forthright man about why he is violent towards people. So forthright he had someone talk for him for as long as possible. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's a fun match. Again, just Cody takes a beating, uh, gets knocked out of the ring, eventually does the heroic rally, uh, puts Brock in his own Kimura lock, mm -hmm. and uh, Brock gets out of it by basically picking Cody up off the ground bodily and doing like a mini spine buster to break the hold. Um, the uh, Apparently Brock took an arm injury during this match, or mm. a shoulder injury. I think it, uh, re-watching it, it looks like when they're on the outside and Cody uh, knocks him into the, the ring, the corner, uh, it looks like he hits it a little awkwardly and is kind of favoring that shoulder for the rest oh. of the match. Um, but yeah, so Cody, again, who, all respect to him, has zero interest in protecting his own finisher, does three crossroads <laughs> in a row to finally pin Brock. And um, I was like, okay, that's a good match. And then uh, Brock gets up, and we're just like, oh, what's going to happen here? Do goes face-to-face -face with him. They touch foreheads. Music plays, they gaze deep into each other's eyes, and Brock shakes his hand. But wait, he pulls him in for a hug. But wait, he lifts his arm and turns him to face the crowd in all four directions. Boy, no one was more perplexed by what was happening than Cody Rhodes himself. He really you, wa you watch his face when he pull gets pulled into the hug. <laughs> it's like, is, is he about to just choke me? And again, <laughs> I referenced it earlier, at some point during those crossroads, Brock Lesnar's shorts start uh, disintegrating. I think a seam just seams just gave up and something, it, yeah. yeah. But it's like down. It's not like there's just a hole on one side. It's like on both sides. They're just suddenly I, they look like Buddy Murphy's. I think shorts. it had to do with how it has his positioning, where he, where like they were straining in a particular way that as he was pushing on it, it just burst seams. Yeah. But no, it, and yeah, it's, it's apparently a totally unplanned moment. He didn't talk about it with anybody, yeah. but it's it's honestly held his yeah held his arm, you know, presented him to the crowd, yeah, yeah. gave him his uh, gave him his laurels for a guy who's been doing this as long as Brock and who has done plenty of matches where he was just like, give me my paycheck, F five, I'm out of here. To see how much he's respected working with Cody is, yeah. and it's clearly mutual, pretty amazing. And kind of my only question on all of this is. How would this story not have been even better if Cody was defending a world championship? Like, why why wouldn't that be a great thing? Is his first run is just Brock trying to destroy him? You'd have to change the second match. Maybe, like, ends by mutual countout or something so Cody doesn't have to lose and win the belt back. But yeah. I don't know. It also could have worked that way, too, Yeah. to be fair, with the way that they run some of Brock's programs. A title, a, a title flip a couple of times. Yeah. But, yeah, that... Again, there, there's more to talk about for there later, but I still see what was planned to be Cody's first run as world champion, and I don't care what they report otherwise. That got changed very late in the game. And you can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, good match overall, I'm going to say. Uh, do you have any, any more on that one? No, no, yeah. good match.
yeah, I give it a three and three quarters, honestly. Just good story. Cody continues to show that he's just ready to be a top guy. Crowd loves him. He tells a story, works well with everybody. It's almost like you could put a title on that guy and just run him to the moon. Yes, indeed. Almost. Almost. All right, so next up we have the Slim Jim Battle Royal. Uh, I think it was initially announced as 20 man. It got bumped up to 25 at some point. Not going to list all the participants, but <laughs> uh, I, I like okay. a, I like a battle royal. They are hard to screw up. I'm going to be honest. My attention kind of waned at this point. But that's also because while I, I, ha I had this on, I was also playing PlayStation. <laughs> totally totally fair. When I, when I rewatched it, I had Skyrim on in the background. It was yeah, just, I just... Yeah, um, and there there were not a there were a lot of people who were clearly in there to be tossed out. Like ideal battle royal, everybody gets at least one spot. Mm -hmm. This one, you, you had to cut through about ten or thirteen guys before you got to the the ones who were really going to get to show off. I'm kind yeah, I'm kind of surprised knowing probably they that they knew how long the main event was going to run over thereabouts that they went ahead and did this. Yeah, I mean, it only it went for just under twelve minutes, so it was it was oh, pretty wow. breakneck pace for a for a battle royal. That is faster than I thought. Yeah, I, I as I was as I was had it on, I tried to keep it in my line of sight, but uh, as I was playing, I was noticing it's like, wow, these are these matches are going by faster than I thought they were. Yeah, a lot of them did. There was uh, apart from the main event, there was only one match I think that went over uh, over twenty minutes. I think everything else was twenty or below. Um, yeah, so it it was brisk. I mean, the thing about WWE pay-per-views, you've got all the commercials and the mm -hmm. packages. There's so much that just pads it out. And I don't think, because I think That's the, the Peacock subscription that you and I both have, <laughs> um, there was no wink there. We have different accounts with different emails and passwords. We would never devalue uh, a subscription to a streaming service by sharing it. Not with, not with such a long and prestigious history. Please but sponsor us. On uh, on Peacock, uh, when you watch it live, you see all the, the promo packages and the build-ups. Apparently on the replay, they cut out a lot of that. There is. there is, Yeah, because they, they blatantly say, hey, we're going to throw it to this package for our premium or free plus people. Uh, and it is just black screen for however long that <laughs> promo package is. Wow. Yeah. As I said, yeah, so I did I did jump through jump past those a little bit. Fair and enough. when they played the obvious commercials. But yeah, it's yeah, there's just blank spots in the replay. <laughs> wow. That's a that is a Oh man, of... that's how valuable they think your time is. They don't even edit that out. <laughs> I was gonna see They just don't let you just, see it. Just stare at this black screen and think about how all the money you have not given us. <laughs> I just it's as I'm thinking about it, it gets more ridiculous. You don't even it's like it's like it doesn't even matter at this point. The event has aired. Just put the package <laughs> in there. This is like this this is not going to entice me to spend more money to to upgrade a, a, a if it, how how would I well, I got to know what those clips are of things that have already happened. Yeah. Don't you want to see something in this space for the next show? I mean, ironically, well, maybe not ironically, but I, I do understand because the uh, the people who edit and do all the highlight stuff in WWE are like, doing top tier work. They really do. Like, it's it's honestly, even matches that I don't really care about, they, mm -hmm. they do a great job of just building and like, oh, right, yeah. like getting they, you up for it. They, it's it's literally like those promo packages are like, here, we saved you the trouble of having of not having to watch these 
as they aired and cut, trimmed all the fat. Yeah, you're, you're getting the, the better version of that. But I, just, I do not understand just the decision to not just, just snip, snip. Yeah. <laughs> just move on. Because you can easily edit around that and be like, what promo package? We're Up only, next. We're only moving forward. Nothing to see here. All you have to do is cut out a little bit of audio from Cole saying we're going to throw it to a package <laughs> and then delete the blank space. <laughs> I This gets more baffling the more I think about it. I, I don't think it's ever going to make sense. We're just, we're, it's, it's something we'll just have to make peace with. No. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, so um, I think actually I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, the, so uh, as with any battle royal, you need your big men. And in this mm -hmm. one, you had both Bronson Reed and you had Omos, Omos uh, returning, yes. I think, for the first time since uh, Backlash. Mm -hmm. um, the, Weirdly enough, they, they mentioned and highlighted the fact that this was basically him and AJ meeting up again for the first time in forever. Yeah. And then kind of brushed it off. <laughs> yeah, that AJ kind of lands the, the second to last hit to take him out of the ring. but They, they sort of make a passing reference to it. And then, and then Cole, as though like having a moment with Claire, is like, wait, these guys, he goes, these guys were tag team champions together. <laughs> It's like all the it's like a, a memories returning and he's looking at Apollo Cruz and he's like, That guy used to be Nigerian and before that he was from Georgia. <laughs> he looks at Eric and Ivar, those guys were the war raiders, and then they were the Viking experience, and then they were the <sighs> No no, I've gone cross eyed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um obviously the big person in this was LA Knight, because he's been mm -hmm. um just exploding with the crowds for oh, the last yeah. couple of months um really taken off it's it's funny looking looking into his journey making it to wwe where basically he's had to do the same thing every time which is he gets over organically yeah <laughs> and then he and hopefully it finally works for him here too i'm it's the one downside of this match was you know went fast was mostly fun but there's not actually any reward to it you you win and you've won the slim jim battle royal like you don't even get a trophy um i'm not gonna repeat that <laughs> i'm not gonna tell people it's what i won oh i'd, I'd put it on my it's, tombstone but that's me i mean well look it's it's no oh god it's no cracker barrel death match <laughs> in fairness what could be but yeah, I think honestly for me, the, the real standout in this match, as he is in most things he appears in, Chad Gable was just oh, yeah. like, um, that guy, like, he takes uh, Giovanni Vinci of Imperium. Uh, Gable takes him out by locking him in a belly to belly suplex with Gable's back to the ropes and literally just flipping him over it. Damn. And that is cool. I don't think Vinci, he might have, like, put a hand on the rope to, like, guide himself a little bit, but he did not have to hoist himself at all. He just went over and like smoothly landed on the outside uh, they, they've been slowly but surely turning alpha academy face haven't they they have yeah okay and, uh, maxine I, dupree joined them i saw because i saw the the commercial they did with with the miz that yeah it was like oh their face now definitely this is how this is going yeah crowds caught that they're uh, yeah. it looks like they're feuding with imperium going forward i think gable and uh gunther have a match uh next week on raw but yeah he, he does really well um suplexes uh ivar and almost suplexes bronson reed at one point uh Damn. gets him off the floor and holds him up for a second but then can't rotate him all the oh. way over um but yeah so uh, omas uh i think tosses out five or six guys but eventually um they do the spot where sort of everybody classic, hits him one yeah. after the other it's, i think it's i think essentially it's the andre spot because yeah. that would always be his and i and then later on it became the big show spot yeah <laughs> And uh, it ends with, like you said, AJ Styles uh, hits him with a phenomenal forearm, and it's like mm -hmm. their one moment of reconnecting. And 
you know, while he's up in the air, AJ is actually at Omos's eye level for a second and is just like, oh, I do know him. But yeah, and then everybody just teams up to hoist him over the ropes. And in a great bit of tantruming, he grabs the uh, the apron mm-hmm. and literally tears it off. It oh. looks like he actually just rips off the... Uh, the, the apron is the surface, right? What's it? I don't, don't want to say the skirt around the ring. No, is that's right. Skirt? No. Okay. Yeah, that's a skirt. Yeah, he, he almost rips it off on that side before storming off. <laughs> but yeah, so you get down to your, uh, your final four for this match. It's uh, Bronson Reed, AJ Styles, Sheamus, and LA Knight. Um, Knight eventually manages to power Bronson Reed over the ropes. Um, they they give him a little redemption spot because uh, I don't know if you saw um, the clip going around from the SmackDown before where he tried to do a superplex on Sheamus on the top rope. No, I and didn't. Uh, I think it was just out of position or something, but his boot went down and he kind of stumbled back offward. Oh, but at SummerSlam he went and executed and because you know it's, these these guys do this thing you know. Yeah multiple times a week every week of the year so it's it's gonna go off sometimes and every now and then that'll happen on television that reminds me i i heard something interesting uh i guess sabu gave an an interview uh, i guess after his recent AEW appearance i heard this and one. he yeah he mentioned that sometimes he would because he was pretty famous for for some of his slips as well as he was hitting his big moves he said sometimes you do that on purpose to add to spice up the match and under the idea that is like well, yeah, it's like you're doing this this intense wrestling, and sometimes you're going to slip up. And he is like, I want to believe that it was always like that intentionally. But I mean, some of those, well, I, I think he admits it. I think some of those, some of those were actual slips, but some of those were on purpose because, of course, in the in the midst of a match, sometimes that's going to happen. It's like I agree with that yeah. personally. It's like, yeah, of course. Can't that's why I've never I've never really thought of like minor slips or or something like that as like a botch. Right. Like, for me, a botch is when it's, like, clearly, okay, there is no saving it. Everybody step away. But, like, right. if, you know, a guy, like, tries to jump up on the turnbuckle, his foot slips for a second, and he has to take a moment to adjust, or... A botch is Hogan screwing up the flash paper, throwing at Ultimate Warrior in WCW. <laughs> that's a botch. Uh, a botch a, is... A uh, slip off a turnbuckle? No, that's just part of a match. These guys, I, I've said it before, these guys are high-impact fighting yeah. each other. In the midst of that and being worked up, mistakes are going to happen. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, they did not happen that night. The, yeah. uh, it was like a belly-to-belly superplex. looked amazing. And um, eventually comes down to Sheamus and L.A. Knight. But after a little back and forth, L.A. Knight gets him over the ropes. And he is your Slim Jim Battle Royal winner. Good. The best thing that can come of this is he finally is on the road to the, the DDP run. Yeah, you know, you know the the older guy who's finally getting a, a proper chance to show himself off. They just uh, honestly, uh, my first thought was okay, like Austin Theory was in this match, and the fact that I just now mentioned the U.S. champion mm-hmm. was involved tells you kind of the the impact that his belt is having yeah, right now. I genuinely forgot until you said something. Yeah, I, I would have picked Knight to take that off of him and kind of try to have a face do for the U.S. title what Gunther has done for the Intercontinental title. Oh yeah. Um, since then, Rey Mysterio beat Austin I Theory, so he's that. the U.S. champion. And I don't feel like uh, you, you want to have a face be the guy to beat Rey Mysterio for the first no. belt he's had in a while. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I, I hope they find something for him because that dude has, yeah, so much charisma. He's just a really smooth worker in the ring. Absolutely. And uh, he did, uh, well, one immediate prize. He kind of joked at the press conference afterward they – uh, after the match, they put him in a time machine and send him back to film the Slim Jim commercial that aired <laughs> I immediately s- after. 
I saw that, yeah. Yeah, then we're going to cut that part out for only the Peacock Plus members. <laughs> but yeah, so Bianca Belair and uh, LA Knight, and in kind of a cute touch, Randy Savage is uh, his commercial is playing on like a TV in the background of the spot. So well, I believe I think for for spots like that, for commercials like that, those are done on the show. Like those aren't like inserted. I think the I think if you've got like the ad free thing, you just won't see the ones that Peacock randomly mm. inserts. Those they put into the yeah. <laughs> those they make part of the show. <laughs> uh, it's it's the difference between like when uh, when people make videos on YouTube when they do an an, an mid video uh, ad roll like uh, ad read instead mm. of like having like a commercial inserted. Yeah, just like every podcast that suddenly like. And then they found her fourth finger buried six feet away. Casper Mattress has been giving a lot of people satisfying... Yeah. Blue Chew. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I gave that match a three and a half. Um, cool. It went, like, in 11-minute battle royal for 25 men, so lightning pace. But yeah. right guy won. Uh, good spots for a fair number of people in there. And yeah, so again, at this point, I'm having a pretty good time on this card. It's moving quickly. I'm kind of wondering how they're going to fill like a full evening's worth. But then we get to the first one that I think a lot of people kind of kind of tripped over as we have Ronda Rousey versus oh, Shayna Baszler in an MMA rules match. Uh, I guess I couldn't just call it a loser leaves all of you ungrateful jerks behind forever match because that would kind of spoil the ending. But that's a, you broke my heart match. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Re- reports have been going for a while that Ronda's ready to to leave oh, WWE behind. Oh, did she behind lose her and, smile? Yeah. And Shayna was the last person she really wanted to work with, and so they decided to do this. And I okay, this this match has taken a bit of a beating on the internet. Uh huh. I kind of liked it. I did. Um. Definitely a step down from what the evening's been so far, but these two, they clearly know each other. They have a good rhythm together. I think the concept doesn't really work because... I mean, like how they were having an MMA match, and then when officials stepped in to check on things, Ronda attacked them like you're not allowed to do in an MMA match? Yeah, or (laughs) they they check on Shayna by, like, crouching in front of her and just asking, are you okay? Are you you okay? How you doing, bud? (laughs) You, You all right? Is your arm hurt? Are you Okay. You know, I mean, I don't have a, a medical degree. How many fingies? <laughs> yeah, so it is kind of that awkward moment where it's like it, it doesn't have the kind of deliberate style of a pro wrestling match, but yeah. it also doesn't have like the frantic, like, you know, anything can happen and then sudden like flurry of activity feel of an MMA match. Mm-hmm. But for all that, again, these two work well together. And I'll say when they connected, they actually really looked like they were walloping the crap out of each other. Like... <laughs> Shayna gets Ronda with a roundhouse to the head that it looks kind of tossed off, but it looks tossed off in that way that actual knockout blows usually do in oh, these yeah. things. We're just like that. That I mean, I've I've seen enough UFC fights. You never really can properly pinpoint the kick that's going to end the match. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you think you you always think is oh, it's going to be something super decisive. No, sometimes they just get kind of like waffled a little bit, and then they're down. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, Again, honestly, not a bad build of this match. I think the promo uh, on the rewatch, I noticed they didn't show the uh, the replay package, which is kind of a shame because uh, Shayna actually had a, a couple of pretty good promos building up to this. I think uh, my favorite uh, line of hers was she was talking about um, being after uh, Rhonda and her husband, Shayna was the first person to see their daughter and just their moment of, 
that kid is never going to forgive me for what I'm about to do to her mother. And I'm just like, I've missed, I've missed this Shayna Baszler. Don't worry, I'll buy her a PlayStation. I love that she never hesitates to cut a promo on other people's kids. Like when uh, Becky announced that she was pregnant, she Shayna was backstage. Have you seen the dad? Yeah, that kid's going to suck. But yeah, so technically they're both supposed to be heels going into this because Shayna nope, is the Shana's one who stabs Ron in the back. Nope. But yeah, the nope. crowd gets a vote on that. Um, I know what my vote is. I I think what I like best about this is that because Ronda and Shayna have a certain comfort level, I'm assuming they've like they've trained and they've sparred fit mm-hmm. enough, they don't have the issue that you have in most of Ronda's other matches where she's clearly just trying to do MMA-style stuff but holding back on it. So she does these really like ineffective-looking rabbit punches or... These kind like her, all her moves either look not so, do like, not maim your coworkers. Yeah, <laughs> not everyone is as crazy double jointed as Alexa Bliss. Like, please, please watch those tosses. But yeah, overall, not not a lot to say. It wasn't a long match, uh, seven and a half minutes, and I think at least ninety seconds of that was Shayna's sh- selling Shayna selling a shoulder injury by the seashore. Yes, indeed, and. Uh, Eventually, she gets Ronda in a Kirafuda clutch, and Ronda passes out. Hooray! Ev <laughs> passes out of time and memory. Yeah, man, what a what a what a journey for Ronda Rousey from that WrestleMania appearance and that uh, first run as women's champion, and then just I don't know. I think do you think it went wrong when uh, she didn't know how to play a, he- a heel against Becky Lynch and Charlotte in that run up to WrestleMania, or? Do you think if they brought her back differently, if they hadn't had her just walk in and win the Royal Rumble, maybe there was still a chance to get the crowd back for her? What she seriously needed was a social media manager who posted things for her. Yeah, that would also be it. If It's the downside of celebrities in WWE. If, uh, like, if they don't know how to control it on their own or at least weaponize the heat the way Paul does, then all you can do is hurt yourself. Yeah, I'm just going to let that hang there because... Uh, but yeah, so I, I gave it two and three quarters. Again, I liked it more than most people. It was a good... Display. It, it was not a bad note for Ronda to leave on, all mm-hmm. things considered. I hope Shayna gets more to do now. But we'll see. Because at this point... Um, not to jump ahead, but with both women's uh, championships being held by heels, I'm not sure how Shayna can fit into that picture. But we will see. Alright, so uh, let's see. We are back on the... And I have just made myself another uh, tequila and ginger beer. So you're hearing the refreshing stir of ice cubes and the sweet, sweet liquor that is going to get me through the end of this thing. But another thing that helps is the match coming up next, which was one I was ready for as a potential match of the night, because it's time for Gunther to defend his Intercontinental Championship against Drew McIntyre. Which main event are we on? Uh, this one was not one. It's oh, a, it's a what? weird, weird... I, That's I, weird. I think we've only had one main event so far. Wait, what? I think we've got three still to go after this match. Oh, my but, God. Yeah, nobody asks me to decide these things. It's, it's it's like it's it's like Christmas creeping into the other months. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh my gosh. Gina honestly, I, this match should have been a main event. It it should have honestly. If it was just ranked by like the quality that we know the participants are are gonna deliver, yeah, this would be a like this. This is the one you you put on the poster. The thing about it is, I I don't really know what to say 
about just it's the kind of match that Gunther does, and that sounds dismissive, and I don't mean it to be because Gunther, the more I watch him, he's like there's something so amazingly old-fashioned about him, mm -hmm. just the way he looks, the way he performs. You would not be surprised to see this guy against like uh, Strangler Lewis or Lou Fez or oh, some other like yeah. old Madison Square Garden match. You, I mean, really, I mean, it, it would be like you could fake old footage so easily by having him in a ring just to put the right filter over it. And it's just like, this is a match from the 40s. Like, I believe you. Yeah. And but the thing is, he can, he's still he's a gifted technician. Mm -hmm. He's got presence like he's what he is doing is what they want to pretend that Roman Reigns is doing. And it just drives me increasingly crazy mm -hmm. um, again, not to jump ahead. But yeah, um, McIntyre. This I mean, is, we should uh, slowly talk about that now because that yeah. match was uh, long, and I don't want to go minute by minute. Um, oh no, I, <laughs> I, I I was taking painstaking notes. Every uh, every breather of Romans, that's where the cinema happens. See, that's your problem. I glanced over a few times while I was in the middle of gameplay. I couldn't really look away because <laughs> there were too many enemies on the screen. But every so often, I'd hear something and kind of glance over. <laughs> I moved I moved the laptop so that it was closer to my direct line of sight. Because at first I had it too far to the right, so I was getting, so I'd have to do this and look away. It's like that wasn't working. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Gunther, as always, gets his his full entrance. Uh, even though they were in the battle royal earlier, uh, Kaiser and Vinci. Um, well, you gotta, you better get yourself bandaged up and and yeah. get that limp out of your system. I just imagine like him, like uh, Vinci backstage, is like holding his dislocated shoulder, and uh, Gunther's hand starts to come up for the chop and. And she just wordlessly pops it back in uh -huh. and puts his jacket on. <laughs> yeah, but they they do the entrance. Uh, uh, Drew gets to come in with the kilt and the broadsword. Nice. Um, and then it is just a hoss fight all the way through. Just mm -hmm. these guys chopping each other back and forth. Uh, slams. Um, dives. More air than you'd expect from guys that size. Yeah, it's the it's the perfect alternative to like sometimes some some matches are interesting and fun. <coughs> Excuse me. Some matches are interesting and fun because there's been a build and it's been a, an emotional build into an emotional match. And then there's this match, which is the other great cornerstone of wrestling, which is these two guys are tough some bitches who are going to beat the yeah. shit out of each other. I, I don't need a story. I just want to see that them is, go at it. That is the story you need to see. We, we join you already in progress. Pretty much. <laughs> and yeah, again, uh, he, I think uh, Vinci and Kaiser just go to the back immediately because uh, while Gunther, he has a few moments where he looks a little concerned, but the, he he fights on his own here. Mm -hmm. And um, they I, did they did make that part of the finish. There was a little bit of like, uh oh, uh, for it yeah. was like kind of an uh oh moment for Gunther. Yeah, because that, that I'm sorry, Gunther. <laughs> it took me a while to get used to that too. This is the one downside of not watching TV regularly enough is some of the pronunciations. I'm. I'm f I'm glad to finally know. Cole really stresses the goon in Gunther. Yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't used that. This guy puts the goon in Gunther Graves. That's what I think of him. <laughs> but I feel like there's only so far he can go before Graves just like stabs him in the neck without with a pin without realizing what he's done. Graves, I mean, both Cole and Graves are, are both at, good at occasionally going. Okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's just too far. We're too not far doing that. Come stop on. it. <laughs> But yeah, again, there's not much to say about this match, which isn't to say it was bad. It's just no. that, like, I can describe, like, they're, they're chopping each other, they're slamming each other, they're throwing each other around that ring, and it's awesome. It is. It really is. Like, this is, like, of the, like, the big man style that Vince McMahon has always, you know, 
going to want to center his brand around. These are just two of the best guys doing it today. Um, but this is this is this is better than because like, one these guys aren't huge. Right. They these are these are not. I mean, they're, they're big guys. They're big tough guys, and it, there's a there is a finesse to it. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, uh, one of Gunther's fin- finishes is a, a top rope splash, which mm-hmm. uh, Gina. Uh, I was watching it with my wife Gina, and she was. Um, she's come from the generation where she's pretty much only seen frog splashes because that's right. what everybody has done in the days right, since Eddie right. Guerrero. So she was like, wait, he just jumps and falls? And I'm like, yeah, that's just a splash. She's right. like, he as just a, throws his arms out and jumps? Like, yeah. As a finisher, it's effective, especially for, for Gunther, because he has worn them down so hard that just the yeah. one big splash at the end will do it. Your chest is it, ready it is, to implode when he yeah. hits it. It is interesting to see a guy, a guy like Gunther do it because that used to be the staple of the the big boys, like the really big guys, especially the fat boys. Yeah, like Vader or somebody would. Uh, or had, Vader, well, Vader could do his moonsault, though. Vader which... could do that. Bam Bam could do it. Bam uh, Bam Bam had a variation because he would also moonsault. Uh, guys like Earthquake, King Kong Bundy. Yeah. Bundy specifically ended with a splash. Uh, Yokozuna did his bonsai, which was basically, which is his sit-down splash, uh, because it's about the only way he could do a move to somebody without killing him with his weight. <laughs> Because he would usually do it in the corner so he could hold the ropes. Yeah. Because it's like, if I need to get off you, like, before you suffocate, uh, there's an option. Because he's five to 600 pounds. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so um, in the end, yeah, Gunther, uh, it ends with a, a kind of a fun bit where Drew gets him up on the turnbuckles trying to, um, I think, I'm not sure what he's going for. Might have been going for, like, a uh, future shock DDT off the top ropes. But mm-hmm. at any rate, Gunther shoves him off and uh, Drew lands on the ropes in a very painful style and uh goes down uh gunther splashes him hits yes. him with another power bomb and gets the three count yeah i do like i said the end kind of highlighted there's a there's a chance that like uh, there's a small bit of like oh gunther got a little desperate yeah because it that, didn't go exactly to plan as it had previously yeah that he just like found an opening and just sort of mm-hmm. happened to get lucky with how with how mcintyre landed but yeah great match i gave it uh i gave it four um yeah was ready for it to be match of the night, but there was actually one ahead of it, uh, and I'm not being sarcastic here, that uh, I think went even further. Um, the uh, it's only 13 minutes and 40 seconds, which surprised me, because I was like, that really felt like, it just felt like such a battle. Like, it didn't feel like it was sluggish, but yeah, I just, yeah. I was like surprised that, oh wow, they, they just felt like these guys have been beating the crap out of each other for so much longer. Um, so one uh, one thing that was interesting about this is this is uh, Drew's first match back since WrestleMania, and there have been some reports that he was waiting for his uh, or that he's ready for his contract to expire and to look elsewhere outside of WWE. Now oh. it seems like they've come to an agreement because he's he is back and he is on pay per view again. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know Drew Galloway in AEW. You think any chance we'll see that in the next year or two? You know, I would never rule it out just because now that there is there is an option. Yeah, and it, it 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 will spur WWE either to me because they have, they now have to weigh the idea of if we let this person go and don't or don't utilize them right and they go to AEW and they explode well that yeah. makes us look like WCW which has always been uh like again you can love AEW you can hate AEW yeah. you can prefer one company or the other it is really great that wrestlers have that leverage now yes. That, a, like 100%. A, a guy can tell you know somebody who's renegotiating his contract i will go somewhere else and i'll keep doing this and it doesn't just feel like a bluff it feels like oh mm-hmm. this guy actually could explode because there's another company that has 
right weekly TV shows and is selling out stadiums yeah. and yeah so it's it's really awesome like I hope Drew either got a great creative deal or more money and that you know the existence of AEW is a big part of why that can happen and AEW has never existed without that being a possibility they've always had to keep their talent oh know, yeah either well paid happy or both and and by all by all respects I mean Tony Khan has worked hard to keep the people yeah that he's brought on board unless they unless they personally saw a better opportunity elsewhere yeah there have been a couple of cases where people have asked for release and i think only one or two uh releases that were related to like backstage uh right. conduct right it's, it's never just been like all right you know we're we're you're, you've been future endeavored goodbye yeah there's never been really a calling at AEW. yeah let's see so yeah um again four out of that one great match mm -hmm. um Business is picking back up, and it continues. We're ah, we are now on our second of four main events. Oh my goodness! Uh, with I don't Seth know if I'm ready. Freaking Rollins <laughs> defending the World Heavyweight Consolation Championship against Finn Balor of the Judgment Day. Oh my goodness! I loved, I love, I, I loved everything. I, I enjoyed this match. I loved the ending. Uh, yeah. This <laughs> okay. So at Money in the Bank, I was surprised to be disappointed by. Uh, Rollins and Balor's match it wasn't mm -hmm. bad but I'm just like these guys are both so good yeah and that match just never felt like they got into their high gear this one they got there eh. maybe it felt like that because they knew they were going to run it back uh, yeah to here it, it makes more sense looking back on that the idea of okay they wanted to give themselves somewhere to go and what I love about this one is that obviously Balor wants to win a championship yeah but he also just really wants to hurt Seth and because he ruined his first chance at a title run. Yeah, seven years ago, and we know uh, he's. We know how long it's been because uh, Finn literally has that inked on his shoulder, just the number seven. Mm -hmm. um, I, I thought he really should have it like backwards, so memento style, like he sees it every time he looks in the mirror. But don't, don't believe his <laughs> lies. Remember, Sammy? Oh, I just got big booted in the face. Don't believe his lies. A little picture of Vince McMahon. <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, just the idea that, again, it was at SummerSlam seven years ago, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the inaugural Universal Championship. Balor won, but uh, suffered a torn shoulder during the match, had to relinquish the title. And so he comes into this match planning to do the exact same thing to Seth. Mm -hmm. And he works Seth's arm all the way through the match. No, we got something crawling up. Squirrels are furious. Oh, they know what's coming. But yeah, he uh, is working Seth's shoulder with like stretches and strikes all through the match. And at one point, he actually takes him to the outside of the ring and does a running powerbomb uh, into the barricades, mm -hmm. which is the move Seth did that apparently caused the injury for him all those years ago. And you might feel sorry for Seth, except he did kind of goad Finn a little bit by wearing the same gear to the ring that he wore in their match seven years ago. Also, apparently he's built different because it didn't hurt him. <laughs> Oh man, and th yeah, I just th this was a fun <laughs> match. This was both guys just doing like going at it because Seth, he's do he, you know, he comes out like he's got like a long coat with it. Like that's the, I mean, that's just the kind of like little like gremlin mindset that I love though. Because it's like, like uh, you know what? All right, all right, fine. This is very personal and and. and terrible to you i'm going to remind you of the worst part of all of this well that's always been it like i'm this. going to make sure you see the same thing coming to the ring as you saw last time basically that's been what seth's doing because yeah. like at a at a was it hell in a cell he wore the the polka dot 
dusty outfit yeah. to, uh, to challenge Cody, and he did the shield entrance when mm -hmm. he was facing Roman. He did. I love that. I love. Yeah. I love that idea. It was like it's. It's like you can't intimidate me. Yeah. Just. I'm. I'm. Win just, or lose, it's like you don't win. You don't win the mind game. Yeah, trolling his way all the way down to the mm -hmm. ring. Um, but he he was on defense for most of the match yeah. because the problem with goading someone is occasionally they'll uh, they get mad. Yeah. <laughs> and oh yeah, you're in a place where he can legally do quite a bit of violence. Oh to no, you. the consequences of my actions. <laughs> I really enjoy the fucking around, but this next part, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. like that's that tweet too. I love it. Just like haha, I love sewing. Sewing is great. It's so much fun. Reap me reaping. Oh, this fucking sucks. <laughs> But yeah, so again, great match. They're throwing each other around. Um, eventually, yeah, we see the uh, the other members of the Judgment Day show up. The first one being uh, Mr. Money in the Bank himself, Damian Priest. This was great because they they kind of they kind of had to acknowledge it a little bit. But I guess uh, Dom and and Rio were slightly late getting through the crowd. Yeah, because because there's like, what? Wait, what's uh, <laughs> what's these? What's he? What's he waiting for? Why? What's he? What's yeah. He? So he, he does sort of two interference spots. One is um, he like gives Seth kind of a forearm through mm -hmm. the ring, or through the ropes. Um, but uh, Seth still kicks out on the next pin. Then you have Dom and Rhea show up and distract the ref, and uh, Priest tells uh, tries to hand Finn the money in the bank case to use as a weapon, and Finn's like, No, no, we stick with Plan A. We're doing Plan A. Um, which lasts for a little while until he realizes, <laughs> oh crap, I still can't beat that. Uh, plan B, plan B, plan B. <laughs> so Priest just leaves the case in the corner. Well, um, oh, sorry. never mind. So, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm trying to remember the sequence, right? Because. Well, Seth takes out the other members of the Judgment Day. Like he does a like a diving clothesline. Right, at the right. And but the, I mean, the, the rip, uh, Rhea, sorry, Rhea distracts the ref so that he can slide the briefcase in, but that's after they try something else, isn't it? Uh, let's see, I'm trying to, so. Oh, that's right, no, he tried to, to sneak a chair in and the ref caught it. Yeah, there it is, because, yeah. Because, uh, because Ray, it, Ray and the ref are arguing over the chair. <laughs> and then, so that's when, that's what prompts Priest to slide the case in. And then he walks around to distract the ref. Yeah. Uh, Finn crawls over to grab the case, and just immediately gets his face curb stomped onto it, mm -hmm. um, which has become another recurring thing that Seth does because he did that to Omos during their match at a uh, Backlash. Uh, nice. MJF tried to, or not MJF, MVP <laughs> tried to slide his cane into the ring for Omos yeah. to use, and Seth just stomped his face into it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so uh, uh, curb stomp, uh, face into case, and then uh, is and also didn't didn't it, he slide it through Finn's legs at one point? Um. Or am I thinking of something different? I swear that was from the same show, but that I feel like that happened at one of the. Uh, oh, okay, okay, shows. yeah. I remember seeing that part on Twitter, and I just I think my brain meshed oh, them together. That was I think uh, Priest had an attempted cash in oh. on uh, on one of the on Raw, and um, Finn kind of attacked Seth before he could officially cash in. Mm -hmm. So and Seth was able to get out of the ring before because you two guys have to be in the ring to start the cash-in match. Well, no, it was specifically he slid the case to Fenn to use it, and it went through his legs, and Seth got it. Oh, okay. No, I don't think that was on this one. Okay, all right. I I don't I don't know why, but I saw that on Twitter and meshed it into my head. It was, it was such a good spot. Yeah. I just loved it. But, yeah, yeah, no, the curb stomp was good, too. It was just... The, I kind of the, the story they've been doing with this is a lot of fun, of, of Priest being ready to cash in, but... Mm -hmm. Trying to restrain himself for the sake of his teammate, yeah. even though 
Fantastic. And then, of course, his, his not reassurance, like, well, one way or another, we're getting that title. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but I want it. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he, he's already had a very meme-worthy face because after uh, Seth does the curb stomp and then pins Finn, mm -hmm. just cut to Priest staring with this very, like, flat-eyed, like... Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to hear the end of this one. <laughs> oh, dang it. <laughs> just, yeah, very, uh, very uh, un unhappy about uh a about very long, all of this is gone just, it's like this is gonna be a long car ride yeah. <laughs> but yeah so seth rollins retains uh again great match fun mm -hmm. ending spot um still wish uh Rhea had actually had a match on the show but yeah. like you could have done this with just priest and, and dominic but you know i'll still give it four and a quarter um because yeah. seth continues to bring all the legitimacy that he can to this title even though its existence is just sort of a a punchline of plus it's it's nice to booking. see it's nice to see a uh well he ostensibly a face champion uh w being able to outsmart the numbers game yeah that he he gets to be devious in, mm -hmm. in a way that isn't necessarily uh underhanded. yeah that he's he's learned a few things on his on yeah, his yeah, yeah. road to both uh both sides of the face heel door all right so uh next up is our third of four main events uh the wwe women's championship ah uh, yes with defending champion oscar in a triple threat match against charlotte flair and bianca belair um oscar is so good She's mm -hmm. so talented and she is so dedicated to this company. That they can immediate, immediately take it for granted and do stuff like this with her? I, I looked <laughs> it up because I was like, I, this can't be right, can it? She won the title uh, at Night of Champions against Bel Air in May. Mm -hmm. Since then, she defended it twice, once against Bel Air and once against Flair on television. Both yeah. of those matches ended in DQs. She did not have a single, clean, successful mm. title defense for this run of her championship. And I just... She deserves so much better than that. That's I, true. I'm not unhappy about the way this went, but I wish they'd given her the title like a, a, a pay-per-view cycle or two earlier, let her have some good defenses, and then finally have this be where it, where it all culminates. Sure. All that said, these are three really talented women. Mm -hmm. Great paper or great triple threat energy. Started kind of slow. But I like the way they built to it, and they kept kind of changing up the dynamics, especially once uh, Bianca started selling a uh, knee injury. And, um, yeah, I was like, this is, it was uh, 20 minutes, second longest match on the card. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought, I mean, well, I honestly, I kind of bought into the, oh, they're riding her out of the match when they did the spot. Yeah. Well, it's, it's partly because she sold that thing so well. Mm -hmm. Like, she her... her uh, I, I still think that the champion of like agonized screaming in wrestling is MJF. Just the, anytime <laughs> he sells like a, a bad leg landing he, or something. No, and I say, and I mean this in the best way. When he's selling, he's also panicking because it, because he's selling the idea that not only is he hurt, but it's gonna make him lose. Yeah. So he panics and screams like a scared little bitch. And it's great because it's so visceral. It, it's visceral in the sense of like, um, if you've ever watched South Park, when Cartman is genuinely upset, <laughs> it's that same kind of energy. <sighs> and it's like you're into it because it's like, yeah, you deserve it. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's going to wiggle out of it. 
but yeah no like so bianca at one point charlotte like dumps her over the ropes in the corner mm-hmm. she uh it's actually a really nice bit of camera work because you see her fall down and you hear a really loud like clunk sound of something mm-hmm. hitting the steps and then we cut to her on the outside holding her knee and just howling in pain and so of course graves has to naturally be like uh, I'm not not sure. It looks like her hands or maybe her upper body caught the stairs, but that that probably made it hurt more when she landed on her knee. And it's just like, come on, man, you're looking at Stop a monitor. Drawing attention to it. <sighs> just say the knee is hurt. And also, it's kind of awkward that they try to do they try to sell the the legitimacy of the injury by doing. Uh, I, I don't know if dogs coined the phrase, but I remember him using it. They do the Owen voice. He the, didn't. He didn't coin it, but it's an internet thing that's been around for a while. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's, it's what like, it got dubbed because it's now the it's now the go-to for oh no this is actually not part of the show we're, uh, um we're very, we, uh, very concerned about all that's going on we actually need, um, we're 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 being very flat and very sincere to let you know that this is um actually a more serious thing this is not uh this is not planned we actually need real help out here right now and um, it's it's really awkward especially in a triple threat match because there's still a match going on so they'll do the uh, uh medical medical officials coming down to, to Check on Bel Air. Obviously, you, you you never want to see a command. Oh, God, Charlotte yeah. takes a knee to the face from Oscar, and the queen is down. I was like, I don't think my neck can take that much whiplash. Yeah. So, but again, Bianca sold it like a champ, both in the moment, mm-hmm. and they start to help her to the back. But uh, when Charlotte's about to get Oscar locked into a figure four, she like fights her way back to the ring. She pulls a foley. And there's a great bit where she and Charlotte are trading forearms. And Bianca sells it that every time she gets hit with a forearm, her knee gives out. So mm-hmm. she stumbles back, falls, hits the ropes, and has to push herself back to the feet using her upper body to throw another chop. And then she gets knocked down again. So it's just like great, great continuity on the injury from mm-hmm. her, which I loved. It, again, all three women doing it well. Uh, there was <laughs> there was one funny bit where um, Charlotte throws Oscar uh, into the corner and then throws Belair into the corner. So mm-hmm. they're sort of like stacked in there. And then she stops and just casually walks over to the referee. Um, I forget her name. It's the, the lady ref. Um, and just, like, casually turns her back and starts, like, pulling her hair. And I'm like, what? what is she? Oh, something's wrong with her top. And the referee needs to fix that. Oh, which, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, totally fair. I get her. But it's just hilarious that she makes no effort to try to act like there's anything else going on except I've got a wardrobe <laughs> issue. Help me out with that. And in the corner, Bianca and Oscar are just sitting there. And after a minute, you see Oscar like, try to put Bianca in a sleeper hold or something just to justify <laughs> why, why they're just sitting there waiting for Charlotte to get fixed up and, and resume her spot. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so um, great stuff all the way through. Uh, ends up with um, Charlotte gets uh, Bianca Belair in the figure eight, which she bridges into. Uh, but of course, when she is bridged with her you know head being held off the ground, uh, she is unable to do anything when Oscar just crawls through the ropes and misses her directly in the face. Mm-hmm. And so Charlotte goes down. Oscar uh, gets up to go for a pin, but Bianca rolls her up into a quick small package. And one, two, three, Bianca Belair is your new WWE Women's Champion. That is it. Nothing else happened. Nope. Great, great stuff. So I think this next reign for Bianca has a lot of potential. I think mm-hmm. it's Survivor Series. Like I said, Wait, Shayna what was Bay- that noise? What's that? Some kind of alarm noise? Some kind of music? Or, wait a minute. Wait, what's? It's Bailey and Bailey and Eo. What's hilarious is as they charge to the ring, like Charlotte and Oscar both try to stop Eo from getting into the mm-hmm. ring, which 
match is over. What do you care anymore? She just starts swinging with that briefcase. Yeah. So Bailey clocks yeah. both of them, gets into the ring. Bianca manages to hit Bailey, but then EO grabs the case and hits Bam. Bianca right in, in the, the back leg. of her yep. injured leg. Yep. Uh, Bianca, yep. <laughs> I love I love how they tried to add a little bit of suspense by making the officials stupid, because it's like every, almost every time they try and do this, it's just like cash in, like EO. <laughs> Like I don't like I I'm sure her English is strong, but she yeah. she's the most direct with two words she can yeah. be cash in. They go cash in, yeah. cash in. Are you extra super ultra sure you want to cash <laughs> in? I Ring think it's, the bell. It's just a long tradition going back to when Carmella. Cashed oh my god. <laughs> cash in. You know the guys don't seem to have this problem. They really <laughs> don't. Everybody's clear on that. But yeah, so uh, EO cashes in. Uh, ba- Bianca is uh, still on the ground with the injury. EO just uh, pull, does EO, her, her no look moonsault. Well, she moves her to the to the ring corner, and the best part is as she as, when she le- puts her down and then goes to the corner, she steps on Bianca to get up, yeah. up the ropes. <laughs> yeah, just lands her moonsault. One, two, three, and EO Sky is your new WWE women's champion mm-hmm. uh bianca bella after a long and reputable one minute 35 second title reign i mean it in i mean it was quick but it ended better than the one that involved becky when she returned yeah <laughs> i mean th- that at least had the room like bianca was had had a long match she sold a, a severe injury yeah and yeah they yeah, that's that's how you do that. If if Becky I mean, had done something like that, I would not have been nearly as pissed off about it. In a way, it makes sense because how do you sell an injury that hard and cont- and keep going as champion? Like, yeah, you can't you can't sustain an injury angle. So, might as well pay it off quickly. Exactly. So, yep, Eosky, your new champion. Oh, uh, Bailey came to the ring with her, but Dakota Kai, who has been out with an injury for a while, yeah, yeah. makes her way through the crowd and comes up onto the ring and joins, and all three members of Damage Control uh, just celebrate in the ring together. Mm-hmm. And apparently uh, Dakota Kai uh, was not booked to be there. That wasn't a plan. According yeah. to her, she was just at home. I think she lives in Florida. Saturday afternoon, got a text from Bailey just saying, we need you here. Oh, She got on a plane, uh, says she landed during uh, Drew McIntyre and Gunther's match, (laughs) raced to the arena and got there in time to to do that that spot with the three of them, which is, that's some commitment. But yeah, so I I hope she gets better soon because I I still want this faction to work, even though they they really have not gotten the, the chance they deserve. But with a... With the woman's title on one of them, you you really think that they've they've got a good fresh start energy here. Hopefully, so yeah, I gave um, I gave the triple threat match uh, three and a half. The only thing that drags it down is I'm still kind of I, I still feel like Oscar was done dirty, and that just that a bugs little. Me. It's 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 real. It's and she's it's happened previously yeah. too, or it's just like she they give her this they they give her this chance to go on a run, and then they just kind of end it abruptly yeah. in some form or another. All right, but and then uh, Bianca and Io, uh, which again, hard to score in the traditional way, but I give it three mainly just because it was a good cash in, and sure. I'm really happy to see Io with the belt on. So, let's see, and she just she looks really delighted to have this belt. And oh yeah, yeah, I think oh, yeah. they they give her a good run because that was part of her. Was it uh, money? In, no, was it backlash? I think where she had her match against um, not Rhea, who was the her against Bianca back then, and she almost was playing it like a face. And it feels like, yeah, they've they realized that the crowd is there for EO for a while. Mm. One thing that somebody noted is that uh, the 
Bianca now has been involved in both the longest and the shortest women's title matches to have been held at SummerSlam. That was both on this one <laughs> card. So her eight-second match against EO and her 20-minute, 35-second match against uh, Charlotte and Asuka. Hmm. She breaks all kinds of barriers. So let's see. Wow, it has been a uh, yep, good pay-per-view. So three hours and five minutes. That's one, two, three, four, five. That's eight matches. Yeah, counting the cash We're in. We're done, right? Yeah. Eight okay. matches. Yeah. Good, good. All right. So all right. Um, that's it. Let's take it to the wrap-up. Wait, hold on. There's got a note here that the three hours and five, but the pay-per-view was like four hours and 11 minutes. Well, that can't be right. If it, oh, oh, there's one more match, but that match, that match can't take up like an hour of television. That'd be crazy. I mean, I guess they could pad it out if like each of the entrances took like 10 minutes and you had like a 15 minute video package, but yeah, that's where we're, that's where we are. So your main event for the night, the sorry, fourth of four main events for the night, the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns, accompanied by Paul Heyman versus Jay Uso in a Tribal Combat match for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship and recognition as the Tribal Chief. You get a cool red necklace. <sighs> okay. Yeah, so the game I've been playing uh, is, uh, it came out pretty recently. It was, it's called Double Dragon Gaiden, Rise. Yeah, Double Dragon Gaiden. Uh, there's an extra subtitle to it, but it just came out recently. It's a new uh, Double Dragon beat-em-up that I forget the company that put it out. Uh, it's a lot of fun, super fun. Everyone has their own kind of gimmick, nice. uh, and Marion is a playable character, and they've kind of shaken up the, the story a little bit. It's loads of fun. And actually, there's a lot of variability in gameplay, and uh, I know I'm putting this off. We have to finish talking about it, don't we? <laughs> I was waiting for a segue, but you know, we don't we don't have to come out of that cul-de-sac. It's it's nice mm, going that direction. Yeah. All right, so uh, the match, yeah. So um, uh, it's a tribal combat, basically no DQ. There's tables, chairs, kendo sticks. Uh, Jay and Roman fight into the crowd. Solo shows up, attacks Jay. Jay gets dragged back to the ring. Uh, Roman tries to spear him, hits Solo. Uh, Jay eventually drags Roman to the ring, spears him, hits him with a splash, gets dragged out of the ring. <gasps> it's Jimmy Uso. Oh, no, he's surprised. Uh, Jay gets super kicked by Jimmy. Roman uh, puts him back into the ring, spears him the table in the corner. One, two, three, pin. Cool. All, all right, right. Uh, Kara, we, uh, we all good here? Or? No, so, uh, yeah. I just, it's the same bloodline party, but with different decorations. It's the same thing. It's every Roman Reigns match. And, okay, look, I... Only now they've taken it into a new, different, probably dumber direction. Because Jimmy, who, who at first stood with his brother to turn on Roman... Jimmy has, turned on Roman first to protect his brother. Right. <laughs> then got beaten down and... Yeah. and Put in his place. Put in a hospital by Roman and Solo, right. so naturally he shows up to attack Jay and... Right. All right. So I'll go and tell you what they're, how they're trying to spin this. Cool. So on SmackDown, Jay comes out and explains he wasn't trying to help Roman, but he's seen what the title has done to Roman, and he worries that if Jay wins a world title, it'll corrupt him like it's corrupted Roman, and he'll lose his brother. And he's looking at Jay, and he's like, this isn't you, Jay. So he had to, you know, come to the ring in a black hoodie and a bandana over the lower half of his face, like you do when you're being an upstanding person. 
and, you know, super kick his brother in the face like you do when you're looking out for their own good and, you know, just throw him back into the ring so he could get speared through a table by a former star football tackle like you do when you're looking out for your brother's best interests. All right, so I know you're just summarizing what you saw, but I hated everything that you said from start to finish. All right. Here's... <laughs> I... <laughs> Okay, I I try to be kind of, like, restrained on this podcast. I try not to, like, I I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I like to see the best in things. I like to be like, well, the best argument for what they're doing is this. And, you know, it's just been a fever pitch here at this point. I I could go on about how the whole tribal combat gimmick uh, is, is really stupid because they indicated that, oh, this is some special extra thing. Like, oh, Roman Roman takes this seriously. He cheats his ass off in regular matches, but tri- tribal combat, oh, the elders know about this. No, it's just your bog standard, watered down, PG era. No DQ, no yeah. holds barred. Tables, yeah. chairs, couple of kendo sticks. Everybody can interfere. Basically, it's an extreme rules match. Yeah, and uh, I should say, like, latter-day WWE Extreme Rules, where it's like, you'll always see those things pop out. Right, like, nothing no, nothing that, you know, could give the kids bad ideas about what to do or anything. Uh, I, I could go on about the fact that, look, Ro- Roman is still an incredibly limited in-ring performer, and while they've surrounded him for so much of his run with people who can carry that, he does a few things well, but you can't sustain a three-year title run on those few things that he does well. You can't sustain 30-plus minute matches. Is he better than he was during his 2014-2020 singles run? Yes. Is it time for us all to stop pretending that a dramatic toolkit consisting of a half-decent blue steel face suddenly shouting at people and a squinty cry face makes him the wrestling equivalent of Lawrence fucking Olivier? Yes. Yes, it is time for us to stop pretending that this guy is the top-level performer just because everybody keeps deciding that he's going to win and his opponents are going to forget that he's going to cheat the same way every time. And like we've already said, this match didn't need a championship. All the commentary was talking about was the tribal chief. It's about the bloodline. It's about who gets to, to run the Anuai family. That's what this is all about. Okay, so why is Roman entering with these belts? Why don't these belts... Uh, why aren't they going to Cody Rhodes? Why didn't they go to Sami Zayn? Here's the thing. I understand. In wrestling, you never want to just hard end the story. Because every wrestling story ever told has had one eye towards getting butts in seats and eyes on screen for next week's show. So you always want to give people something more. What they had with the Bloodline story was this very rare thing where they could conclude a chapter of it in a very decisive way by having either Sammy or Cody beat Roman and then continue the bloodline story internally while somebody else is now your top face champion. You've made your new John Cena. They had that and they decided no because question mark. I really don't know what like what the idea is here. Do you? I, 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 I've been quiet, but I, I, because I didn't want to interrupt that. That was wonderful. Um, <laughs> uh, one of my, one of my favorite phrases is, uh, "History doesn't repeat, but it does rhyme," uh, because the the sentiment you've echoed is something that I've seen written about um, older wrestling storylines, specifically. I could uh, I could point to the NWO from WCW. That's that's what I was think have been thinking ever that's, since I watched. That's this. what it is. The problem is, yeah, this hit 
this gets lightning hot. It's, it's you know, or lightning in a bottle, I guess more accurately. It hits and it hits hard and it goes and it elevates someone who previously was kind of in a slump. And the problem is, is it, it, it hits its stride and it's going great, but all they're thinking about is how it's still going strong and it's going great and they forget to look to the future and what to do when inevitably fans want something different. Yeah, it, it, you stop asking the storytelling question of what should happen next and you start asking the question of how can we keep this going? And it's, it's I think I mentioned it before, it's fear. It's a yeah. fear that like, yeah, what, what if there isn't something we can pivot to? What if this is all we've got to go with? Yeah. It's, it's funny enough, it's a weird combination of the NWO sticking around for way too long. And funny enough, it kind of mirrors the NWO black, uh, black and white and black and red split. Yeah, Wolfpack um, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also has a touch, or I, because I've railed about it before, it has a combination of uh, Ultimate Warrior gets the title, uh, but he's sped through all of the roster, so yeah. they don't have anyone to stand up to him as a challenger. Yeah, like and it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a fun combination of both of those problems hitting and around the same time. So what did they do? They walled off the bloodline story to a, an internal yeah. affair. Just create this little off the grid, like yeah. totally isolated, but you forgot to take out the championships. And so you had to make up a whole new championship just yeah. so somebody else can be defending world titles. Yeah. And the only way, the reason Triple H was so excited about that is you get to bring back the big gold belt, which was his favorite. That really, I do believe that was how the meeting went with Vince, that he was like, look, Vince, we, we can't just keep having Roman win. Like we got, we got to put somebody else in. And Vince goes, I and thought you might say that. How do you feel about this? Either that or it was just like, or, or Triple H was like, so that's why I'm proposing. And he puts it on the table and Vince is like, why did you already have that ready to go? <laughs> have you been carrying that around again? <laughs> you have your own. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm laughing, but this, this match made me viscerally angry. Um, Understandable. I just, it's it's the realization it's, that like I've used it before, but it's like the the part in the Bill Cosby bit about making kids breakfast, where where it's where he, just the, when he hits the line and we were having a ball until, <laughs> that's what this event felt like. <sighs> I thought it was like the Bill Cosby bit where it's like I've been waiting an eternity for justice and I feel like it's never going to arrive. That is also, but that's more of a meta bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, it's. Again, I, I summarized it in like 15 seconds. That's and great. Go back and listen to it again. That's, that, was, that was amazing. But like that, that's, there's so much of this match is just Roman stomping around. It's like he, because that's his thing, he has to hit Jay like with like two forearms and a slam and Jay is suddenly like struggling to get back to his feet so Roman can like grab his This man his who hand. I've seen in tag matches get up and springboard after being hit with like power, like <laughs> suplexes. It's kind of the opposite of the normal problem you have in an OTQ match where somebody will take like six chair shots to the back and right. then get up and keep fighting. And you're sort of like, that's not how that normally works. Because I mean, the point of those matches is this is supposed to be more brutal than usual. Right. So they're going to be sustaining more punishment because it's all legal, as they'll constantly remind you. Yeah. But here you've just got, yeah, Jay selling everything from like minute one. It's I, I, I part of me wanted to like time it and be like in the first 10 minutes, how many are... How many of those minutes are them actually like grappling or making any kind of contact with each other? That means you've got to watch it slower. <laughs> yeah, but it's you've got to pay more attention. Even things that I normally like, like I found myself getting mad at Paul Heyman because I'm just like, dude, you're you're just 
you know, because he's screaming at, at Jay, like, you grew up together. Oh, yeah, that. And uh, I was like, I never. Oh, my favorite part was was not Paul Heyman screaming, but the people, the, the, there were people at Ringside who just kept, who were able, who were, this this one po- pocket of people <laughs> who were constantly yelling stuff that was being picked up clear as day by the mics. Uh, it <laughs> that, was. That actually was pretty. <laughs> those guys were doing great. They were getting there. But yeah, and just because, okay, this, it's a, it's a long acknowledged thing. In WWE, commentary is telling you the story and AEW commentary is telling you the match right so like in AEW you'll get commentary talking about the moves that just got done or like the strategy that somebody's employing so you'll have Excalibur being like oh he goes for a gut wrench power bomb but no he counters into a poison rana it's kind of the difference between uh audio descriptive services and uh like a pop-up video where you just get little snippets that will enhance Enhance your viewing. Yeah. It's like, oh, knowing that little factoid puts this into perspective. Yeah. It's like AEW is like, here's stuff to enhance what you're doing and mm-hmm. understand. WWE is, we're not sure you can see what's happening, so let's be, let's clarify it for you. And they've leaned over in their seat and they're just aggressively whispering yeah. in your ear. And honestly, there's a place for that. I don't, I, I don't yeah. mean to suggest that can't help because WWE is a little more soapy, a little more storyline focused yeah. in that yeah, way. Yeah, that's fine. But with this match, there are only so many variants you can say on... Jay really doesn't like Roman being the tribal chief, and Roman really wants to keep being the tribal chief. And there are so many dead spots in the match where Jay's just crawling on the ground or Roman's just stomping around and shouting, and they just keep having to say that over and over again. Like, And even, again, even by Michael Cole standards, we hit new levels of just inane commentary. Tribal combat, there are no rules, but there must be a definitive winner. Thank you. Thank you, Cole. Mm. Very, very clear. Um, so this match is unsanctioned? Because that's what an unsanctioned match sounds like. I would think, but... Like the ref is simply there to count a pen? The, the moment that made me almost want to throw something was um, at one point, like, R- Roman does his usual, like, grab Jay by the hair, yell at him, and throw him down. Mm-hmm. And as he stomps back to the corner, Cole goes, almost as if Roman is reminding Jay, your arms aren't long enough to box with God. I thought that was Graves. Was that Graves? I feel like that was Graves. That's, I, I remember it distinctly. Uh, I, f- I feel like that was Graves. Oh, okay, yeah. that might have been. I'm it just... doesn't matter. It sucks. No, it, it matters because Graves is a different kind of suck than Cole is sometimes. What was definitely Graves was after Solo shows up, Graves observes, if you didn't see this coming, you haven't been paying attention. Oh, my God. I, I, I told you. It was like, you can't just hang a lampshade on something and then just be like, well... We're doing it. <laughs> the same thing is happening that has happened in the last 19 matches. Observation. So, so mark your bingo card, mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah, and that's the thing about Roman. Somebody on Twitter, I, I don't know this guy's just like commented on the same post I was looking at, but um, he made the observation, Roman both can be beaten by anyone he wrestles and he can't be beaten by anyone he wrestles. He is a weak champion who can't ever win in a fair fight but commentary always presents him as a champion who no one can beat in a fair fight. Like, there's this weird thing. Like he's M- Schrodinger's heel. Pretty much. <laughs> like, MJF, when he cheats to win, he's done it through, like, some... Usually, most of his cheating is pretty clever. Like, he found a, a smart place to hide the diamond clever ring. Clever and he, desperate. Right. You know when he's resorting to it, he's, re- he's admitted that he can't do it. He, he, like, if he didn't have this ace in the hole, he'd be done. Yeah, Roman retained at WrestleMania because his cousin ran in and punched the other guy in the throat. Right. That's it. That's his mm-hmm. big strategy for winning. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. Th- this match, it is the realization that we are now officially in the territory of the bloodline. It- it's just, it is an energizer bunny of a story. It will keep going and going and going and going. There is no end point. Was, there is no progress. It was, it, it's like the subsection of, it's like the section of people who hit jet lag with how long the Simpsons have gone on. <laughs> Yeah, there's. Uh, and I think you showed you sent me like a, a, a somebody something someone suggested on social media of um, Roman possibly beating San Martino's reign. There were people. Okay, it was brought up yeah. that people were openly thinking. I, I don't. It's. I don't think it's anything seriously. Right. Okay, it's, I think it started with Kurt Angle on his podcast, who was expressing his dismay at, at how the the bloodline thing is dragged on. Yeah. And he said, why not just, I think he just flippantly went, why not just go ahead and have him break San Martino's record then? WWE Hall of Famer Kurt Angle believes that WWE. That's how it kind of went. Yeah. And people, people went and took a, a, a cynical aside and started debating it like a real thing. And here's the, th- here's the bottom line to that. No, no, he, Roman does not need a seven-year reign. No. You are absolutely bonkers if you think it's a good idea and won't kill like a, a significant portion of your audience. You want proof of how completely isolated his world championship now is from the rest of the company? Does anybody think for even a second that Priest is going to cash in on Roman? No. Like there is no, no. Like nobody is considering that. They're not even hinting at it. Nobody's fainting at it. I, I, you, you don't even hear like talk of anyone op- like open challenge, like wanting to try and challenge Roman. Yeah. It's just like he... The only way you get near Roman is if you're, you've either won the Royal Rumble or you've gotten involved in his bloodline craziness. Right. Yeah, and there's no, again, I think the fact that you had Sami Zayn come in and you had this guy who was such an underutilized talent on the roster. who People just, raved about how he reinvigorated the whole storyline. Yeah, and I do appreciate that that is usually the narrative because if I saw people saying that Roman had elevated Sami, I think I would have... I, Lord knows, I'm sure some, I think some people tried, but it was just immediately shot down by most sane people. I'm looking around me on the table and everything is either made of glass or expensive electronic equipment, so there's nothing I can physically smash to express my, my frustration over that. But yeah, so Sammy gave this whole thing a jolt, and people forget that like a year ago, the Bloodline story was kind of out of gas. Like Roman yeah. was just, people would challenge Roman and Roman would beat them and that would be it. And... Suddenly, Sammy comes in, and the story of him getting involved, and how like the the drama with Jay and Jimmy, and suddenly it felt like, oh, this is building to something. It's going somewhere, and is it coming to Sammy winning? Well, no, he's not winning, but he's winning the tag titles. Cody, now there's a story that's and no, it's just there is no end. There is nothing. There is only the endless gaping black maw into which you will shove money until it just goes down Vince McMahon's eternally insatiable gullet. Ah. <sighs> Get well soon, Vince. I hope your back surgery went well. I don't. <laughs> yeah, they say he wasn't heavily involved in this card because he's recovering from the surgery, but personally, I'll believe Vince McMahon is out of Gorilla when he has been, like, dissolved in molten liquid or crushed I, in a hydraulic press or whatever I other video technique. footage of his, of his casket being, lo- being inserted into the crematorium. Whatever <laughs> techniques you use to destroy a Terminator, that's what I'll yeah, believe has yeah. finally gotten And if they want to live stream it, I'll, I'll, sure, I'll put it up. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it on Peacock, sure. Yeah, so that's where we are again. Put him in a limo and explode it again. <laughs> and this time, no dead murdering Canadians will yeah. get you out of that scrape. I mean, it's shorter to just say Benoit, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... Really not a bad pay-per-view overall. 
All right, we, we need to pull it back. We need to pull it back in just a little bit. All yeah. Right. So, but it, it's like we said at the Compliment beginning. Compliment sandwich. <laughs> they, WWE has a really strong roster. Some really some pretty good stories going. Yeah. There, most of their belts are on good champions. A lot of people get to experience this for the first time who weren't around for WCW. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so amazing to me that people keep trying to parallel uh, AEW with WCW Mm-mm. when it's like, I feel like there is one car that has a problem with like a stagnant main event scene and it's not AEW. Like overplay. AEW is willing to try. You know, I, I don't want to make, I think both WWE and AEW do things well. I think they're fundamentally sure. trying to present different styles of pro wrestling and from the bottom of my heart, I want both of them to succeed at it. I would love to have two companies putting on different kind of product and have it both be great. And honestly, WWE has gotten a lot closer to the best version of itself over the last few years than it did mm-hmm. when I started watching again back in 2017, I think, where I was just, it, it was basically, we were riffing on these pay-per-views. We'd come together and oh, we'd yeah. laugh at like, just, you know, uh, no, I, like the Hell in a Cell with uh, Roman and, and Braun Strowman or whatever, just the, the aimlessness of so many of these stories. Mm-hmm. And it's coming back in, but the bloodline, which... I have to acknowledge, like, the company's selling a lot of merch. People are, like, they go nuts when Roman enters. They go nuts when Jay enters. Well, you know who's selling the most merch? It's L.A. Knight. As it should be. <laughs> so if that, if that should translate into anything, it should be L.A. Knight rocketing up the card. I would think. Yeah. But, yeah, so all that to say, one thing that I look at AEW and I'm like, I, have, I can't think of a story that they overplayed. They've tried stories that didn't work. I think the only thing that I, I um, that where AEW and I don't sync up is I'm not as in tune to Japanese wrestling as they'd like me to be. Fair. But other than that, I always still have a pretty enjoyable time watching. Yeah. And you know, you you AEW has four pay per views a year, and you'll watch and you'll be like, oh wow, a lot of stuff has changed over. With WWE, too. I see the bloodline, and I'm just like, man, this is a status quo that is just getting etched into stone more and oh, more. Oh, yeah, I really don't need day. a lot of catching up when WWE, yeah. when a WWE pay-per-view, sorry, premium live event happens. No. Because. <laughs> I went on Twitter and talked about a pay-per-view, <laughs> and that's how I see the world. You paid all right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, it's like, I, I, um, you're right. I don't need as much catching up when it comes to a WWE event because it's still pretty much carrying over. Yeah, from from what it had been. But look, overall, I liked most of this card. Sure. I mean, the first three hours, one or two matches, a little under par, but I was having a pretty good time. <sighs> Main event was really a piss balloon in my bourbon barrel, though, <laughs> to use the phrase I said to Gina. It's a. This show was a wonderful birthday cake that unfortunately the cat barfed on. <laughs> So overall, looking at this, uh, w- oh, sorry, I should specify, the main event, I give one. The only reason I'm giving one. Not even a star, just a one. <laughs> a one. It doesn't even deserve a rating. I'm trying to save out a zero because <laughs> some people clearly, like, the crowd was popping for it. They were there for most of it. Here's the thing. I think it'll be exceptionally rare. I think the I think the moment you, you'll you give something a zero, you'll know what it is. Yeah, a zero will be like this. Functionally, does not work. Like this might have so, killed the business. I mean, not like Shane McMahon versus The Miz. If I'd been if I'd been <laughs> scoring that one, might have just been like a, a man tore his legs off and then uh, Snoop Dogg had to. What is had to the genetic the problem with that family and their quads? 
Uh, there was an ancient curse. From Noob Dog was the ring general that saved the day. With his dying breath, Jim Crockett uttered a curse that will <laughs> lay on them forever. <laughs> All right, so overall, I will give WWE SummerSlam 2023 two and a half out of five freshly snapped Slim Jims. Oh, yeah. Dig it. <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, you might not like it, but accept it. <laughs> All right, so um, coming up, uh, we've got uh, two events for AEW in the next few weeks. AEW went a little bonkers. Yes, they did. They have their... But apparently it paid off. <laughs> ...record-setting one of the highest-selling pro wrestling events outside of North Korea, which is a weird... Well, that's because that attendance was mandatory to that one. And when they say mandatory... Um, yeah, AEW All In at Wembley will be on Sunday, uh, the 27th. And then one week later on... Wembley is just such a September British word, 3rd. isn't it? Yes, Wembley. It's a, Wembley. It's a little Wembley outside today. I'm assuming it's a football stadium, but I just it seems like such a natural cricket place. I don't know. I don't... I, it's like, I have a smartphone right there. I don't care to pick up and look it up. <laughs> and then, yeah, one week later on set, or, uh, September 3rd, yes, they will have uh, All Out. Um, and, Chris, we talked about this before, but... Uh, you and I will actually not be covering All In um, in uh, recognizing the return of Shelby Death Ray Patterson. What? When was this? Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. You weren't in the room when we had the conversation. Now, hold on a minute. What are you cheering about? Hey, listen. <laughs> I'm an equal opportunity board runner. Yeah, she, all right. Yeah. I guess I can't dispute that. She's like the ring announcer. <laughs> she sees all but can't say. Uh, but yeah, Gina... Uh, Bless your heart, Belmont Bradford and Shelby Deathray Patterson will be taking all in, and then Chris, you and I will be returning for all out the following week. Um, let's see. I uh, suppose I'll allow it. <laughs> something I just want to mention for anybody who's in the uh, Rock Hill, Charlotte area that we hang around in, uh, Free Rain Theater Company, which producer Kara and myself uh, have worked with in the past, is putting on a soldier's play at the Getty Center in downtown Rock Hill. Uh, we open on August the 24th and run two weekends, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday afternoon shows. It's a Tony Award-winning play based on a Pulitzer Prize-winning script that was adapted into an Academy Award-winning movie. So, you know. So you have to like it. Reasonably prestigious, but no, it's a... Or uh, else you're a Philistine. It is a fantastic cast. Um, we are putting we are sparing no expense on the production to tell the story of an investigation into a murder on an army base in the 1940s. It's a very intense, very riveting drama. And if you're in the area, come check it out. Uh, you can find the link on Facebook or on freerainTheater.com. All right, uh, Chris, I know uh, you kind of uh, are withdrawing a little bit from social media, but would you like to tell the people where they can find you? Absolutely not. Understandable. <laughs> well, I am still clinging to the uh, shuddering husk of a not yet fully deceased carcass known as X. Nope, Twitter. It's still going to be Twitter. <laughs> I refuse Twitter. to call it X. <laughs> uh, I am on there too. I don't come looking for me. You don't want to do that to yourself. Well, I am at Redbeard Rob. If you want to see just a weird smattering of political opinions and pro wrestling, and then occasional Simpsons memes. Um, it mostly consists of you saying something rational, and then the most unhinged person finding you. <laughs> I, I, it's it's a magnet. Like I don't get many comments, but when I do, it's either. You saying something that makes me laugh or somebody telling me I should, like, kill myself via autoerotic asphyxiation? Ah, the old NXS method. <laughs> All right, well, 
I tried to come up. I'm sorry, Kara. <laughs> should I should I have called it the carotene? I mean, I would have preferred that because I remember where I was when I heard that Michael Hutchins died. So yeah, Yeesh. but that's okay. I bet, well, I bet it's probably not so. too soon. I remember where I was when I heard that Michael Hutchins died. I was sitting right here in this chair because I don't know who that was, and this is the first I've ever heard of it. That's nothing. Damn it, I'm old. <laughs> All right, well, I think that is going to do it for all of us here at This Is A Work. It better. That was a terrible way to go out. <laughs> Send people home with a song in their heart. And that, was, that was my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. As we're heading out, uh, this has been Chris Barnes. I'm Redbeard, occasional rampage Robert Bradford. And just as a throwback to David Two Dogs Hayes, I'm just going to say, folks, Roman Reigns may be ruining professional wrestling, but you got out of bed this morning, had a job to go to, somebody that loved you. Folks, this match is over, and Roman Reigns pinned you and is still the undisputed Universal Champion. This has been This Is A Work. You're right. He needs at least three more titles. Three more years. <laughs>